Hello everyone, welcome back to Doctor Who and Autism Celebrations um, and I, I can't believe the 60th is nearly here um, we are, might already be here depending when you are seeing this, watching this I, any, I know that but today I'm joined with Phoebe, Barry and Peter and we are all um, autistic and love Doctor Who so um, it, it's going to be really fun so I'm gonna. they've all been on before um, at least once, yeah Everyone here has been on once. So, yeah. 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 Um, but just not, you, you don't know each other as far as I was aware. So, that's cool. Well, we know each other in the group chat. Yeah. We just don't know each other on video. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, I'll start with you, Phoebe, then. If you mind just introducing yourself. Hi, I'm Phoebe. I'm 20 years old. I love Doctor Who. I've been a Doctor Who fan since 2019, since the whole Jodie Whittaker stuff. Um, I've watched all of the classics probably over a hundred times alongside with the modern series. I have a YouTube channel called Who's Phoebe and I talk about Doctor on there. So I'll get Mason to link the channel. Yeah, th definitely. Um, because, yeah, it, it's great. It's very good. But thanks, Phoebe, cause I, for coming back because I know you were really keen about doing a group episode. Um, yeah, I was. Too yeah. keen. <laughs> yeah, too keen, yeah. Um, so, Barry, hello. Um Introduce yourself, please. Hi, uh, my name is Barry. I'm actually double Phoebe's age. I'm just turned 40 this year, and I was a doctor. I became a true fan back in 1988. And the classic series was shown on BBC One with Sylvester McCoy's second year, and that. And I've been a fan for quite a long time in that. So, yeah, I consider myself kind of like an old school fan, as some people would say. Yeah, 1988. Um... Yeah, a long time fan that is. Yeah, yeah, I was like five years old, and it was actually the Daleks that were the first enemy, and that, and it's a really, really good story. And I would recommend it. Yeah, the Daleks. Yeah, the, the Daleks are scary. Um, but thank you, Barry, for coming on again. Um, yeah. Um, and Peter. Would you mind doing an introduction of yourself? Yeah, okay. Hello, I'm Peter. I'm 25 years old, autistic, and Doctor Who fan since 2005-2006 with David Tennant. Yeah, David Tennant and his back. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. But f f thank you, Peter. Um, it's great to have you on again. Um, I know you was keen as well to come back as well. Yeah. Um, so that... That, that's really fun. So it's Peter and Phoebe's second time on this particular series, and Barry, you was on an autism series early on in the year. So um, wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff there. Um, so I guess, guys, um, the first thing I guess we can talk about is um, I don't know. As we got some people here who like classic Who, are you guys excited for to have um, Doctor Who on BBC iPlayer, like all of it? Are you excited for that? Well. I'll go first. Yes, I think it will be so much more accessible as well for people who can't afford like ITVX and Ripbox. I mean, I know the first four episodes aren't going to be on there due to some stupid thing with the guy who, the son of the guy who wrote that wrote on the earthly child. You can't come up with a deal. And I think that is solely disappointing because the first moment of Doctor Who was in the Unearthly Child, where you where you have the introduction of the TARDIS, Doctor, Susan, Barbara and Ian. 
And I think that's going to be solely disappointing because that's where a lot of the iconic moments and that's what made the show as it is today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, personally, I'm, I'm really glad that it is going to be on iPlayer. For me, yeah, I always watch classic Doctor Who or modern Doctor Who whenever I can on DVD, Blu-ray, or even 4K discs. And that. But it's also good though, for those who don't want to get physical discs all the time and want to watch it digitally online if they have a great internet connection and I agree with Phoebe about the situation about the first four episodes of Unearthly Child and yeah I'll, I'll be honest I'm not a big fan of that story but except for that first episode but yeah it is part of that history that starts to get it going and then we get into that second story with the dialects and that but yeah it'd be nice though to see that on there and I'm interested to see what they're going to do with some of those missing stories especially Hopefully, there they'll put some of the animations that they've actually released on DVD and Blu-ray, and I'll be interested mm. to see if they mm. can put that on there. Whether it's going to be in color or in black and white, that'll be interesting yeah. to see because there's two different versions for some of those Trouton stories and one of those Hartnell stories as well. I'm really looking yeah. forward to what's coming up with that. So, I agree with Barry on that front. I'd be interested to see what they do with a lot of the missing episodes, whether they're going to be the DVD animations or whether they're going to be the coloured version that they have put out on BritBox recently. Yeah, yeah. the colour episodes are also on DVD and Blu-ray as well, but, you know, it depends about how it feels. I think it's going to get a bit of a mixed reaction online, depending on it, because there are people that would love to see them in colour, but they're also um, enthusiastic, or so like, you know what, I want to see them in black and white because they were filmed in black and white. They were done in black and yeah, white. Yeah, I agree with your point. I think having them colorization kind of ruins like the nostalgia of Doctor Who because up until the 1970s, that's when black and white TV was still a thing. So I think keeping them black and white is part of that history of Doctor Who. I think trying to colorize them makes it less special. Yeah, there have been a lot of rumours about that they were doing, well, before the court case thing was going on with the first four episodes, they were going to recolorize the very first four episodes in time for the 60th. But that's just a rumour. So we'll keep that, we'll pay that off. Like, that's what I've heard. Over yeah, we have time. to take that with a pinch of salt because Doctor yeah. Who, I don't take any news from any other Doctor Who sites until the BBC. Have yes. officially announced. Yes, yes, yes I agree. Yeah, I, BB, so I agree. I'll mm. wait for official announcement from the BBC themselves. Mm. Yeah. It's a bit like I know we're still waiting for the air dates. I know some websites are saying that they're going to be from the start of November, from like the second week in November, but I'm not going to believe that until I see a post from BBC Doctor Facebook or Instagram account saying the air dates of the episodes. That way, then I can officially announce the news properly on my YouTube channel. Yes, I totally ag agree with Phoebe and Peter on that front as well. I mean, it's, I just thought I'd just throw that out there and just see how you would answer it. And I'm glad that we're all on the same wavelength of wait until the BBC actually makes a confirmation. Yeah, I, I I don't like reading all these pages that say, like, like it's going to be on the, like, like, like you guys are saying, these dates are going to be then when we have no clue when they're going to be there like we, we imagine we might get some sort of announcement soon um yeah. but but who knows um it's actually nice to have that kind of that waiting game you know have that waiting game i and mean guessing. if they're gonna announce the date they're gonna announce it roughly before november so that we can get really excited about it so my reckoning is 
they are going to announce it before this month is out. Yeah, so it's probably going to be next probably um next week, isn't it? Most likely, knowing Russell Davis, because I've I know his work from like watching like his work on on Doc Two. I feel like most likely from him, we're going to end up getting the air dates next week when he officially announces it on the BBC website and whatnot. Yeah, he is he is a great marketeer though, uh, Russell T. Davis. That is the one thing I can truly say about the guy. He knows how to help marketing. I mean, going on to your point about Russell Davis being a great marketer, you can see like even after he announced he was coming back and all of that, he's been like promoting the 60th here and there. And also the next series too with like outfit reveals from the 15th Doctor and and Millie Gibson, and he's been doing that. Who spy stuff as well, and been putting like little oh, behind yeah. the scenes pictures for all of us to guess what they are. And I think that is a genius bit of marketing. Also setting up that subwave network as well to reach a wider network of fans. I also generally think that is genius as well because that was a thing during his time in like two thousand and five, two thousand and five until two thousand and ten. So I generally think that is all very genius what he's been doing like marketing, and it's also getting Doctor Who fans excited because we've been getting content all year and ever since he was announced as showrunner again and yeah the funny thing is i listened to the doctor who concert that they did that happened on bbc radio 2 and I actually found something out russell davis wasn't asked back by the bbc he knew that he knew that the deal with disney was happening so he told them he wanted someone familiar with the show to come back and then he happened to be the one that was asked back oh. he suggested the idea to the bbc and the bbc obviously went along with it hmm. Yeah, that, that that is really awesome. Um, like I I think um, with limiting episodes, like going to back to that, I, I I'm wondering if because the toy maker is back, I wonder will they actually because there's a few missing episodes of the toy maker, so I wonder if they'll put the toy maker episode on there as well. There are, because there are like the only part like we're missing the first four parts of the toy maker. We've got obviously part. Four which is like the last episode of that but i would like to see the first three episodes of the toy maker to basically learn his history before i watch the 60th so i get a bit more in depth about who the toy maker actually is yeah, yeah i would love for that story to be animated or if they find the episode but i think that would be the next story i think they should work on even if it's like to get out there and that and um it, w- it would be interesting as well because I know the actor who originally played the toy maker, Michael Goff, is a brilliant actor. A brilliant actor now. So we do get a bit of a taste of that with that final episode. And yeah. yeah. Like we know that Neil Patrick Harris is going to be playing the toy maker. So there's a theory going around. I don't tend to take theories much, but it's a good one. And the theory is that the toy maker is like the doctor can change his body as and when. Also, I think the reason why the doctor is regenerated into this particular thing is maybe the toy maker was behind yes. the regeneration and maybe he's had a bit of personal business with this particular version of doctor. Maybe at some point in the term of doctor's life, he did meet him, but we just didn't see. Yeah. Another, yeah. An unseen adventure. Mm. I think it's more food to do with also what happened back with Hartnell. Like, he, the toy maker wants to get revenge on the doctor. There's also these other audio stories that involved him. Or, there was a missing story that it was going to happen during the sixth doctor where 
the sixth doctor and the toy maker were going to face off, but in the end, it never actually happened. So they went with the trial of the time lord business. I kind of wish that had happened because I feel like that could have been part of the trial of the time lord series, like the evidence could have been given that the toy maker was at large. Mm. I feel like you should have replaced that with Terror of the Verthoids. That story was so off kilter and very confusing. The Time Lords literally accused the Doctor of committing genocide when that was literally the only option he had. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult one, though, to answer. It's just something there yeah, that really needs to look into, see how they actually write it, how they put it together. It's just down to how, if, it, if they did do it, it w- and then we see the final result, we could have made our own verdict and said, hey, it could have been this or it could be that. But we'll never ever know, though, really, at the end of the day. So there we go. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so with the with the trailer that we got, like on um, the 23rd of September. September. Oh, yeah. yeah. Months. I just realised it was two months before the actual anniversary. Yeah. yeah, it was, yes. Yeah. Anniversary the 23rd of November. Yeah. That that was clever, Mark. That was clever. Mm, it was. Mm. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I think it, they did that absolutely right. Again, going back to the brilliant marketeer business. So, yeah. Sorry, Mason, you were saying about the trailer? So, with the trailer, it was on the 23rd of September, um, which was, like you're saying, very good marketing. Um, did we like the trailer? Did we have yes. Can I just bits? say, Peter, you go first. I said, no, no, I said, don't worry. Okay. I loved the trailer. I definitely enjoyed the flashback moments in the trailer from the 2004 special. Oh, yeah. I feel like that was just like an ultimate kind of thing. It kind of gives you, it got, it gives new fans a little bit of history into Donna. I think, I think when new fans discover this era, it will give fans a bit of in-depth into who Donna is because the doctor is literally sat in the trailer explaining it to that unit woman about Donna and what happened to her so I feel like that is also quite good because the doctor will be telling the story of Donna Noble from his side of things and I think that is really clever mm. that is clever um also before, before I let you speak Peter I just want to say this um about what Phoebe was saying about the flashback did anyone notice when they were doing the flashback actually one of the scenes David Tennant as a temp sort of just standing there in the TARDIS was a, a scene from the waters of Mars yeah, um, I saw that. Yeah, and it was nothing to do with Donna, was it? <laughs> no, it was on but, but it gave, but however, it gave a bit of in-depth into it because the Waters of Mars incident is when the Doctor goes a little bit crazy. So I'm actually really glad they included that into the trailer. It just went to go show how much the Doctor's actions affected him. Mm. Yeah, no. I agree. It's my cat meows, by the way. I can't really do anything about that. That's all right. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Um, so, Peter, what did you think about it? Oh, that was re- really, really good. It's like a movie trailer. Yeah. Very all all those anyway. action scenes that we got. Yeah. And, of course, um, there's another return of unit. And, of course, Kate Stewart as well. You can't beat Kate Stewart. 
No. I think they're doing like they did with the original Ryan that um with like the bigger day he saw various versions of the Doctor. Yeah. So they're keeping in the I think they're keeping in the tradition with that with but with Kate. Mm. Yeah, definitely Peter. And like, she's gonna be like the I think she her character be the first character to meet two different versions of David Tennant's Doctor. Yeah, she no, she never actually meant the tenth Doctor. She oh. met the eleventh and twelfth Doctors and thirteenth, but she never met David Tennant's Doctor. Oh, right. Oh. Not entirely. In a way, with the day of the Doctor, I'm not sure if they, if they, they may not have spoke, but they were, I think they were just there. Yeah, um, like, in that like John Hurt's War Doctor. Yeah, may not have yeah, had I a think, conversation. Wait, yes, she did meet the 10th Doctor in the, fifth, in the 50th anniversary specials, but only very briefly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it's going to be interesting because, of course, Kate Stewart has only just seen the 30th Doctor, so that's yeah. going to be very quick for her to see the, the next one, the 14th one. Yeah. <clears throat> of course, but, the, end, the ending of the trailer, Shooter Gatwa. Yeah, emerges. I really liked that. I think the toy maker has stopped the Doctor regenerating into the next incarnation because he's got personal business with this particular face. Yeah. And I feel like Scooter Gatwa's incarnation can't get through until the Doctor has dealt till this version of the Doctor has dealt with the toy maker, and then something happens to him during regeneration or something. I don't know what's I don't know what's gonna harm the Doctor so much no. that he's gonna get he's gonna have to regenerate. But whatever it is, I am very much looking forward to it, and I'm not looking on these fan theory sites because I want to be surprised. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I the only thing I, I I don't think that the edge will be involved. Like, like you know, like the gardens of the edge, like from the power of the doctor. Oh I, yeah. Well, no, I don't think the edge is going to be involved in this particular story. Hmm. I mean, I deleted Twitter for several reasons because people kept putting behind the scenes stuff on there, and also the Elon Musk stuff, which I'm not going to get into. But I deleted yeah. it because people kept putting spoilers up there. I'm like, I don't particularly want to be spoiled. When the 60th comes out, I want to watch it first episode to last. And I want to enjoy it. And I want to be surprised. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Because um, on the Doctor Who page, what they do, and every time a Doctor Who episode is on it, they do a commentary. So it'll, they'll talk about everything that's going on in the episode. So it's a wise choice. Um theory sort of thing about well, once uh, David's doctor because at the very end of uh, the time you do know where to go because he's actually scared about regenerating and I have a theory of when it comes to this time that he feels like I'm ready to let go of everything that's when he'll probably regenerate and that actually ends his sort of story and then you have shooting guy one going can someone tell me what the hell is going on yeah. yeah. Speaking of regeneration, um, going back to David Tennant's first Doctor Who era, the first time that particular Doctor regenerated from Eccleston to him, he said, new teeth, that's weird. I really liked that in Power of the Doctor when he goes, I, I know these teeth, and then he goes, oh, yeah. what, what, and what. But then... 
mirroring probably i reckon you know how the 10th doctor says in the end of time part two i don't want to go i feel like if that doctor says i'm ready to go it's gonna break my my heart because those words made me tear up the very first time i watched end of time part two yeah i get that feeling yes i do know where you're coming from yeah because when i saw it that is actually the only doctor that's made me cry. I've never cried. I'm not a crying person, and I've never cried over other, over ever any of the other doctors. Even though they are sad as well, but it's just it just hits you different because yeah, everyone else accepts it really. You know, like the, really, and then the tenth doctor never did. So I was very sad. What actually helped with that regeneration was that particular music that they used on there called "Veil of the Day Calm," which was done. It by was the- very. I get what you mean. It yeah. was a very kind of corally type music and it sent the 10th Doctor off in such a way that was so mm. meaningful that you could virtually tear up to. And I think that was yeah. amazing the way they did it. It also, like, speaking of which, as we're coming back to the Russell Davis era, he's actually brought back all of his old team again. He's brought back Murray Gold for the music side of things. So how do we all feel about that? Ooh, that's a really good question. For me, I wouldn't have minded someone new, but I think for this 60th anniversary, I don't mind Murray Gold being part of it. And then eventually, in, in the long run, I wouldn't mind if Russell tries something a little bit different on the table. But Murray is a trusted guard, and you need someone who's trusted to help out with the anniversary specials, in my view, mm. because if you get someone who's completely new and untested, yeah, people are going to have some mixture of opinions about it. And even if the guy or the person, I should say person, because it could be a woman, it could be whatever gender or sexuality, um, they don't have to live up to a certain thing to do it for the sixth year. But if they did it for a normal episode, it would be like, okay, it's easy for us to test out the wars. But with the sixth year, it's a really, really big deal for a lot of fans out there. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing Murray Gold's music again. It's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be great to hear Murray Gold, you know. Uh, mm. But but the mm. thing is, I I think it would, like it, that I would like after a little while. Not, I wouldn't want Murray Gold to stay as long as he did in the last run. He stayed from I think beginning of series one in the revival to um the end of Peter Capaldi. So yeah. I, I wouldn't want him to do that again. I, I'd want fresh, you know, I have someone new. I get I get what you mean, but I feel like with this 60, if it's up, like Murray Gold is the master of the music, so I feel like it's ideal to have him back. But can I just point out, I wasn't really a massive fan of the whole Sagan Akinola thing in Jodie Whittaker's era. That was a bit messy and a little bit mixed. Yeah, yeah it, I know what you mean. I think there were some episodes it worked, the music, especially, I can't remember the name of the episode in Series 11. And I think yeah, the music in that was pretty good in Series 11. But other than that, yeah, it's a bit of a mixture. So, I mean, be... it worked with Spyfall's, it, it worked with Spyfall Part 1 and 2 because that was like all very kind of like, very James Bond like. And I yes. feel like the music for that would have had to be something very creative like what Sagan did 
but I'm not particularly happy that a lot of his music didn't really fit with the theme of the episode. Take Wolfman 55, for example. That was meant to be a relatively scary episode, but the music didn't represent Also, not trying to criticise Chipnall here. I would, I never would. I think he's a really good writer who works with other showrunners. But personally, by himself, when he tried to write Orphan 55, I get where he was coming from, but the episode was really messy. The actors weren't... They, Yaz, Ryan and Graham weren't getting a lot to do. The Doctor was always being in charge. It was a bit It was a bit like, what's Ryan's important in this? What's Yaz going to do? What's oh, Graham going to do? You know? Yeah. It was an episode where all the companions did was take orders from the Doctor and absolutely do nothing oh. of, them, of their own. And don't get me started with that ending. While I agree with the message, uh, all, all I can say here is one of the most forced things I've ever seen. Now, if it added something new to it, sorry, sorry to turn it into a bit of a ranty thing, but for me, that ending, while I approve of the message, the way it was done, oh. It was basically, all it was was just a bit messy. All four of them mm. standing around the doctor whilst she went on about global warming that people can can wreck planets or save them. I get the message. I get the whole global warming message behind it. I just didn't appreciate the ending. They said surprise ending, and I was expecting something more than just a global warming speech from the doctor. Oh, you should have seen the YouTube video. And before they removed the dislikes, the amount of dislikes on that ending, because they actually uploaded the ending to YouTube, and my God, people really went on that quite hard. But yeah, enough of the ranty stuff. Shall we um, move on? With like the music, because uh, like with autism and that, we all we all love music and the soundtracks of Doctor Who. And and I and I feel like like it's nothing against the the former person Sagan, but the only problem was like like Phoebe was saying is that some music was just not fitting. And we what we what we normally like and what we're glad to have back now is the themes of characters, which we didn't really have except from the thirteenth Doctor. No. So the mm, companions the didn't have thing, one. Yeah. I liked some of my favourite themes definitely come from the Murray Goldier because he definitely captured their personalities. Like the Rose theme was upbeat because of the way she was. You know, it was upbeat. She worked in a shop and Martha's theme was Coralie because she was intelligent and smart and worked well with the Doctor and that played every other episode, you know, when there were scenes with just her in them, I think that was really good. Donna's mm -hmm. theme was comical because her character was kind of very comedy and funny and Amy's theme was Coralie because she was the girl who waited. So I feel like what Marigold did is basically match the theme to the companion's personality, which I really liked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, for me, uh, bringing in classic Doctor, for me, the composer from the classic, I mean, I'm, I don't know if people know about this guy. His name was Dudley Simpson. He worked from like, like from the late 1960s all the way up until the early 1980s. And he was a great guy that was able to do great atmospheric music to the show. Yeah. And always recommended by Barry Letso during the, the uh, John Pertwee era and the Tom Baker years. And yeah. That was always a guy that was really, really good in that. Going on, going on. on from going on from your point about the classic era music, there was one thing that 
composer did really well. He did a lot of the Fifth Doctor music. He did that really well. I mean, it was the first time we'd ever had things like companion themes back then in like the yeah. Peter Davison era because Adric, Nissa and Tegan, they all had their own themes. Like in Logopolis, you hear Tegan's theme for the very first time and I really enjoyed it. And then mm. again, you've got like stuff in Time Flight and like the Five Doctors, they all the companions that Peter Davison had, they all had their own themes, even Turlo did. And I think that's what made Peter Davison's era so well known is because the companions for the very first time got their own themes and it wasn't just the Doctor. Mm. Yeah. I've not heard, heard Tegan's theme or Talos or Atrix. I, I think I've heard Nissa's, but not the others. Yeah, a lot of their themes sound very similar, but, but you can detect there is a difference in the music if you listen very carefully like I did at the concert. I'm going to have to look on YouTube. YouTube sometime and yeah. their, their their themes. Speaking of theme, what did everyone think of the new Doctor Who theme? Oh, absolutely love it. love it. I mean, yeah. we haven't seen the fifteenth Doctor in action yet, but we can just tell by that by his particular theme, it's he's going to be he's going to be a good incarnation. Yeah, it's going to be. I think he's going to have a lot of action as as well. Yeah. Because it sounded I'm, I'm, very actually at the it concert, did, yes. didn't it? I'm just hoping yeah, that Shooty's Doctor, Shooty's Doctor actually has a dance sequence because he feels like he could be quite a good dancer. That's yeah, for definite. <laughs> going on, going on to talking about music. I know we've talked about the 15th Doctor theme, but what do we all think about the actual new Doctor Who theme shown for like the opening credits that they will have? What do we all think of that? Because I think oh, it's that... really amazing. That is, yeah, that is really amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mixture of like 10 and 11s. Yes. Even though I only started watching Doctor Two back in 2019, I felt like I was travelling back in time with that Doctor Two theme because it's so good. Mm. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Definitely. It is good. Uh, the only thing I'd say about it is that I think the theme that we hear, like we've heard, ain't will not be the final, I guess, uh, addition to it. They'll make it a little bit different, like uh, maybe like because normally when we hear the theme, we don't actually know what instrument is playing. So, uh, so we can hear the instruments when we're hearing it when when we heard it at the concert. So I think it, they'll make it a little bit different. So it's maybe not as stringy at parts. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you mean. I've heard songs over the years. Like, if I if, say, like, an artist would release a, this is, I'm going back in the day when it comes to music, they would release a version that would be for, or as a single where they would remove certain instruments. And then when they do the album version, they would put in certain different instruments to yeah. off guard a little bit. So, yeah, I could sort of see where you're coming from, though, Mason. So, yeah, yeah. before we talk about another subject, because I know we're going to cover them. Most, um, how important do you think music is to Doctor Who? And I don't just mean like the soundtracks they have out on on Apple Music and like the ones you can get, like you know the discs and stuff. I mean, how important is it to the show and to the action scenes that we get in the show? Oh, that's a really good question. I think it depends on how the episode actually is or the story is in general. If it's something that invites a lot of music and that's pretty important but other than that i would say for me in the order 
the importance, I would say music is probably, if it's say, if it was out of six different elements, I'd say it would be right in the middle to me. I would say story and characters at the top, and then the music would be more in the middle. But that's just my opinion anyway. Yeah. I, I think it would be pretty dull without the music in Doctor Who. And yeah. I, I mean, imagine having a theme, imagine having not having a theme tune, because sometimes most uh, m m most shows don't even have a minute-long theme tune. Like, not normally they just do a couple, uh, 10 seconds or 20 seconds, but ours is pretty long. And yeah, I think without, like, like we've seen in the last few seasons, like how much different, without, the music makes you watch it more, I think. I think you get that song in your head, and you think of yourself running down that corridor yeah. and doing that. I mm. agree with you, Mason. I feel like music is definitely important to Doctor Who, not just for the action scenes, but for like the kind of the companion and Doctor moments, if you like. So when the Doctor is talking to a companion, like you might have like a sort of corally music playing for different things. I definitely think music to Doctor Who is important because take Smith and Jones, for example, there's that scene of the slab chasing the Doctor and Martha and you've got some really kind of high sort of scary music playing and I feel like without that that scene wouldn't project the scariness that it was meant to give yeah definitely um like I imagine that you remember the scene um uh, in the bells the bells of Saint John where the doctor yeah. is going up the shard imagine what well, they could have done this but imagine if that the theme tune of the shard uh, wasn't played, and we just heard just the doctor go up with his motorbike. Uh, that I, I, would have made the scene less scary, I think. Yeah. yeah. I actually liked the scene when he actually went up the shards. Yeah, I like that. That scene was very funny. Much. Yeah, because it wasn't funny. actually the doctor. He'd used one of the. He's ha he hacked into one of those spoon heads. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a twist that I liked. Because at first you generally thought it was the Doctor, but then when he, but then it's revealed that it isn't the Doctor. It's just he's hacked into one of the Spoonheads and he's being in two places at once. So he can still be in, he can still be at the cafe, yeah. but he can also be at the Shard and deal with the situation at the same time, which I think is quite clever. Yeah. Moving on from the music, so we know Doctor Who has become what it is today thanks to someone creating the idea and deciding they wanted to make a show called Doctor Who. I still, still think that is really important. But let's go back to the classic side of things. So we know that someone came up with the idea a long time ago, but do you think without the Unlikely Show, Doctor Who wouldn't have become what it is today without that episode? Um, that's an interesting question. I think for me... It would probably be more of a child to me, it's just that first episode. And then you can forget about the story and then it goes straight to the Dalek story. I think it's just the Daleks that actually helped the Doctor to become what it is because you need a mortal enemy as well. You can have like historical and educational stuff, which from watching some of the Hartnell stuff, I was okay with. But you need you need a mortal enemy. You need so many different types of enemies as well to keep it going. Even if the idea feels a bit rehashed. So for me, 
Unlucky Child. Yeah, just go for the first episode, then that seven-part garlic story. And then off you wait. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think The Unearthly Child was important to Doctor Who because that was like the very first moment you get introduced. You get introduced to Susan, to Barbara, to Ian, and I just think it is a very important moment in Doctor Who. Going into the still kind of carrying on really to the classic era with a really another interesting question. So we know Doctor Who has gone on for 60 years and it is the longest um it's the longest sci-fi show ever no other show has been able to carry on this year what part of doctor who excluding the unearthly child because we've already covered that what part of doctor who do you think it made made it successful was it the regenerations was it the constant changing of actors and just going or just generally changing the tardis console room around Ooh, that's a really really good question I think for me, it's kind of like the regeneration kind of helped, but they never called it a regeneration back then. It no. deal with the situation because Hartnell was getting worse and worse in real life with his condition. Yeah. And, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, I think they were a bit more professional in trying to cover up certain things. Otherwise, yeah, they were probably worried about the backlash. So um, I think at the time, I think it was Ennis Lloyd, who was the producer at that time, said, you know what, it's time though to, you know, move heart to one. And that's when we got Troughton, who is my favorite doctor, by the way. And um, I would defend Troughton to the very end. But yeah, I think it's the the idea of the regeneration. But it was actually in Planet of Spiders where the regeneration came up because it was Barry Letts who said in an interview, um, it was all about Hinduism or Buddhism. I think it was because it's all about regeneration and new seeking of life. It came from Buddhism, the term regeneration. So in a way, yeah. religion has actually come into a sci-fi show. And religion and sci-fi never mesh too well too much unless yeah, you get an ideology in there. So it's interesting. So I think it's the regeneration yeah. that kind of helps. But yeah. regeneration wasn't created until Hartnell's health had started going downhill. Yeah. 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 The term never existed until uh, so that's how come, you know, after that, we would always go back in history and say, oh, it's a regeneration. The you very, know, I think the very first time the word regeneration ever came up in Doctor Who was with the Time Lords when the second Doctor regenerated, because I think that was the very first time that the word regeneration was mentioned. And yeah. obviously, it was that forced regeneration stuff they made him do. So, you know, yeah, that was the very games. first time regeneration was ever mentioned. Also, the War Games was the very first time that we were introduced to the Time Lords. So, going on to the next question, the Time Lords were important in the classic years of Doctor Who, but the modern era, they no longer existed. But do you think it, every time we saw the Doctor return to Gallifrey. Do you think it was interesting seeing the Doctor's home planet? Ah, that's a good one. I mean, if you're a new viewer and you're watching it for the very first time, even if it's like new, I would say yes, because, yeah, you're wondering what is it like and that. 
With me, yeah, because I've seen so many different Gallifrey stories in the past through VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, online. Well, I won't say what online sites they are because it could get me into trouble or something like that. Um, yeah, I think it loses the appeal a little bit. But as long as the writing's good in there, then, yeah, I think it is interesting, though, to explore Gallifrey. Yeah. And they did that over in um, Hellbent with the new series, which... They also did that in the Deadly Assassin when the Doctor was recalled to Gallifrey as well. Yes. That yeah. was an interesting story. Saw yeah. more of the Citadel, saw kind of more of the where the Doctor used to live, basically. Yeah, mm. the Matrix story, as they say, that introduced the Matrix films or something like that. Well, that's another theory, though, really. Do we think it's annoying, though? Like, they, like, they, they kill, they, they destroy it, and then they, they return it. Do we oh, think yeah, that's... that is definitely really annoying, because I know um, Stephen Moffat brought the Time Lords back for a reason, so that the Doctor wouldn't be the last of their kind anymore, and that the Doctor could return home as and when the doctor wished to but i think what was important about the classic years is that the doctor kind of defied every single law that the time lords are against and started interfering and saving the universe but the time lords eventually when they realized that that the time war was happening eventually they started relaxing some of these rules but how important do you think the laws to gallifrey actually were for me not that important. But that's just my own personal take on it. Yeah, I think it might be the same reason. So, I, same think for, I think for me, the Doctor disobeyed their laws for a reason because he knew the universe was in a bad way anyway, so he was trying to save it. So mm. the Time Lords had no right to tell the Doctor what he couldn't and could not do. I mean, my character that I created, the Doctor's daughter when she becomes Lady President later on, she starts to begin to relax some of the Gallifreyan rules, like punishments and whatnot, because she doesn't think it's right to exile Time Lords to the outside of Gallifrey. Mm. Mm. Yeah, he, 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 the Doctor did not like the control of, of, his, of his own people. No, that was... So we see, obviously, the Doctor's relationship with the Time Lords is, a, is definitely not a good relationship in a lot of the classic eras. And every time... He returns back to Gallifrey, whether it's of his own accord or whether he is recalled by force. It's not very good, is it? The relationship no. between him and the Terminals is has never been the greatest. But I think what kind of makes the relationship between the Doctor and the Terminals really difficult is when he's in his fifth incarnation and him and Tegan and Turlo go to Frontiers. They they don't mean to land there. Then they're not meant to. But the TARDIS is drawn down by a meteor storm. Do you think the Time Lords ever found out about that little trip of his? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think they did. No, I don't think they did. No. Because no. I know he went to Frontiers, but that was by mistake. He never meant to land there. The TARDIS just got pulled by the tractators. That's why. Yeah. But... Going into the modern era when obviously the Doctor is the last of his kind and Gallifrey is destroyed, I know the Doctor committed genocide, but that was the only way to stop the Daleks at the time. Do you think after all those years, like the Doctor kind of may have regretted what he did? 
reckon there could be some regret in there. Yeah. I reckon there could be some regret into that. Because I think if the Doctor didn't have any regret about it, then I think yeah, it's sends out kind of like the wrong thing in general to people about if is the Doctor a hero or something. Yes, the Daleks need to be stopped because they are the number one mortal enemy, but it's the method that you actually try and stop them. Is it the right method to deal with them? It's, again, another complex subject matter. Yes. Yeah, so that's me. Sort of I don't think he wanted to do it, but he had no choice mm. if because the, if, the moment. Because if you look at it, like, hadn't, the Daleks would have basically not stopped until they destroyed Gallifrey anyway. And they would, and they would have seeped into the universe. I mean, my character that I created, which I probably mentioned to you guys in the group chat anyway, was there with the doctor when he did it, so she can feel his regret. Definitely. Um, do we think um, with the new 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 series with Shooty? Do we think? Oh, well, are we looking forward to like to having like Christmas episodes again? Yes. Oh God, yes. Because I never. I obviously, as you guys know, I only became a Doctor Who fan in twenty nineteen, so only I knew the New Year's Day specials that aired. But I will solely be grateful to be one of those fans now that sit down with my family on Christmas Day and be like, Shh, "Doctor Who is on." now let's be quiet and watch it together i feel like i get to enjoy that joy that people in two from 2005 to 2018 got to enjoy the whole sit down watch doctor on christmas day because i actually get to tell my aunt and uncle and cousin to all be quiet after christmas dinner be like shh doctor who's on now can we just be quiet now and watch an hour of doctor who together yeah 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 similar I think it was nice, though, at the time for it to be a bit different because I had watched all the Christmas specials. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? They need to come back to doing Christmas specials again. Didn't have the same feeling. They are going to come back. So Because a lot of those um, Christmas specials is like the Doctor's first outing after regenerating. So as such, you know, like the Christmas special will introduce the 15th Doctor and it will be the first it'll be his first outing as the new incarnation, so I think the Christmas special will be really important. Yeah. It's like when David Tennant first entered, his his first episode was the Christmas special. Yes. Yeah, it was. But that Christmas special, but personally, going on from your point about them, he spent most of that time in bed, so I feel like New Earth was definitely a better introduction (laughs) for the 10th Doctor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, You've got to think about as well, with the Doctor regenerating all the time, there is going to be some little things, like some of the regenerations with the Doctor has been like, oh, he's born a bit ill, he's trying to get used to the new body. So to me at the time, it made sense for the bed thing because I've seen it in the past with, oh, let me think. It was like... John Pertwee? Yeah, John Pertwee. Yeah, John Pertwee's Doctor in Spearhead from Space. Oh yes, in the hospital. He spends at least two parts of that particular story just lying in a hospital bed the entire time. Also, what what confused me about that episode, about that particular story, is that the doctor who was attending to him 
do you reckon he would have had to sign a unit form about the doctor's actual identity, him being an alien, so that he didn't reveal it to the public? That could have been a possibility. But, yeah, they could have done that. They could have done that. But I think they were trying to think of what could be the best story and how to get John Pertwee's doctor up and running. But, yeah, I think that's an interesting theory to look at. Yeah. I never really because thought that before. he wasn't... Because he was an alien, so I feel like he would have had to sign a unit form just to keep quiet about revealing the Doctor's alien status. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And also, remember, with that story, the Brigadier had only met Troughton's Doctor in some certain stories. So when he saw Pertwee's Doctor, he was like, yeah, I don't recognise him. So yeah, but so skeptics. I distinctly remember when like Troughton first met the Brigadier, that he did explain to the Brigadier that he changes faces. Like, maybe the Brigadier... Because when eventually he realises that it is the same man, he goes, what an extraordinary business, as in he knows the Doctor has regenerated mm -hmm. because the Doctor did mention it at one of the meetings that they had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually the Brigadier did witness him regenerating. Yes, he did, in... he did witness him regenerating in the robot. He actually got to say... I actually saw it happen this time. Yeah, so so when he saw Peter Davison, he knew that that was that was him. Not straight away, not that. until the doctor had mentioned Joe Grant, the Yeti, and this show. Basically, he went through a list of things that they didn't count together at a unit. Oh, and eventually, yeah. then you get those flashback scenes in Mordrin Undead, which I think is really clever. Oh yeah. Also, can we talk about the whole unit controversy for a second in the Mordrin Undead? That was that was really confusing. Oh god, yeah. Um, so you um, know how it's nineteen eighty two in that episode in that particular story on Earth. So the Brigadier said he left unit seven years ago, nineteen seventy seven. Right, that would be during the job. That would be during. Tom Baker's era about then but according to classic Doctor Who the unit was formed in 1967 so how can the Brigadier leave unit seven years before unit opened? Oh yeah I need to watch that, I, I need to watch that story again Yeah I know they did a DVD feature on that at one time where they tried to explain it, but it was such a long time ago since I last watched Yeah, but the, according to the Brigadier, he left Unit in 1967, but that was the year that Unit was formed. So how yeah. did the Brigadier leave seven years before Unit was formed? Well, let's just say, yeah, it's just writers just, you know, messing up on that timeline and going like... Actually, oh, I kind on. of... I think I may know what's happened there. So, you know, that story wasn't originally going to have Nicholas Courtney in it. So they only had to get him because Ian Chesterton originally was going to be in that story. But due to filming issues, they couldn't have Ian Chesterton. So they had to change it to in. So they had to change it to Nicholas Courtney. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many episodes. That we could talk about, but it, but going on to the whole um seventh Doctor era. So obviously oh, we have my, that. My, my first era of Doctor Who. Sorry, I had to say that. 
Mm. Yeah. So we know about that whole. We know about the battlefield thing. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny how the brigadier kind of walks up and smashes that thing that that whole thing, operating that button thing, and he goes, "I can't let you out of my sight for a minute, doctor." And then the doctor goes, "Oh, so brigadier, you recognise me then?" Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I'll be honest here, I think that's my favorite story with the Brigadier in it, Battlefield, because he actually goes really all out in that story without question. Like, even when he deals with, well, when he deals with that demon at the very end and how he actually defeats him with the bullets, I thought that was really, really cool. And I, that was probably my favorite version of the Brigadier in that one was in the Battlefield story. Yeah, mine too. Definitely yeah. one of my favourites because the Brigadier mm-hmm. knocks him out so he can take on the Beast. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I just couldn't remember the name, but yeah, he was this beast up this dark overlord thing and defeats him with these He was like, to the Doctor, I've had my time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he, he just, his character just retired, didn't he? But he came back, didn't he? He's yeah, like, he did one more outing in the Sarah Jane Adventures, and and then after that, that was it. You know, he wasn't in it anymore. So, on, yeah, yeah, but it would have been nice to see the tenth Doctor at least meet the Brigadier. I think. Well, actually, though, the thing is, they were they, meant to. Yeah, they? The, the, yeah the, they were uh, meant to have Nicholas Courtney in the put in the Sontaran Stratagem and Poison Sky. Yeah. But they was, did... he... was he filming? No, was he, he doing was something he else. Was... Or was he not well? No, he was ill. Which he was ill. Well, they can film yeah. with him. Yeah. So no, he was going to be in the um. I wondered he was going to be in the Sarah Jane episode where Sarah was. He was get in the Sarah Jane adventures because they originally in that particular episode they 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 tried to get Freema Argyman, but she couldn't do it because she was filming Law and Order at the time. So they had to get Nicholas Courtney in instead. There was, uh, I think, in twenty twenty, it might be in twenty twenty when that they had a there was an online meeting with Matt Smith, Jodie Whittaker, and David Tennant, and they were all asked whether like a companion or someone that would love to be their companion in Doctor Who. And Matt Smith, as the eleventh Doctor, says he would love Rose Tyler. Jodie Whittaker would love Rory, and um, to be with the five doctor and david tennant as a temp doctor he said he would like to have worked with um um the brigadier so yeah i saw that, that yeah i saw that too speaking of the whole um classic doctor modern doctor being on iplayer how do you also feel about the whole kind of confidential torchwood and sarah jane all being finally under one roof i love that really good Yeah, because I think, I don't know if um, Classic Doctor is going to be actually added to like the modern side of things, like we'll have series 1 to 28, then we'll have the modern, or whether Classic Doctor will be given its own archive on iPlayer next to the modern series. I don't know whether they're just going to put it all in the same area, but I do like the idea that Confidential will be on there as well for people who want to watch the behind-the-scenes stuff because there's a new behind-the-scenes now. I like the idea of Torchwood and Sarah Jane being 
adventures and plus all being together under one roof because we know that classic doctor who's been on Britbox and itvx confidential wasn't on there so you can only watch them if you had the dvd copies mm. yeah there's a, a thing that we're getting called doctor who unleashed so after every, a very doctor who episode now we can go to bbc i play similar to confidential yeah and we can go over there. And I think it's every episode of the 60th and the yeah, new series. So. Because you couldn't watch Confidential unless, of course, you had the DVD versions of the episode, the series of Doc 2, which would have the behind the scenes exclusives with them. So I think it all being under one roof will be so much more accessible for everyone as well, because it'll be a whole kind of, kind of, we'll have, we'll have Doc 2, classic Doc 2. So Jane Torchwood, and then obviously we'll have class, which didn't, which don't, which only ever lasted one season. Yeah, that would that yeah, didn't yeah. really launch very well or come no. off very good. But it's I think I like the idea of confidential being on there as well. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting that they're all going to be on one kind of platform if they're just going to have Doctor Who like confidential there. But they already have Sarah Jane adventures on there anyway. I think so. Yeah, they yeah, but Sarah I player does that thing where you click on something and it says available for over the year. For oh yeah. Year. This time it won't say that on there because they won't have to keep renewing it every time. If everything's all under one roof, it'll just be all together and it's kind of a permanent thing. Yeah. What do you guys think? Because because these Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials are not a particular season. So do you think they will be added to the 14th, like series 14, along with the new season next year and the Christmas special? I've I've I think there might be there might be separate because the 60th special obviously with David Tennant and and the Christmas special is obviously going to be a separate special. <laughs> I've so been thinking they're going to be separate, I think. So I've been thinking about this. You know how on iPlayer, when you click the Doctor Who thing and you get all like, the episodes, I feel like their specials are going to be in the... They're going to be next to Series 13, but there's going to be a section that, that goes 60th specials. Mm-hmm. So you click on it. Yeah. It makes sense. Like, you have that whole kind of thing on iPlayer where they show all the kind of the watch now things and you can like and it's and you've got like the pink line that says watch and then you have all the series i feel like if they're going to put the specials anywhere it'll be in a special section called specials yeah because that's how it is on doctor who tv they haven't given it a series name if you look on the website you go into specials and it just says specials Mm, yeah yeah they are special (laughs) yeah but going on to your point about the 60th, do we think that the 60th is going to celebrate all of Doctor Who and not just the current era? Like, do you reckon at some point in one of the specials we're going to get a flashback to all previous Doctors? I hope so. Oh, yeah, I agree. The most, as we know, the most secret one is the second one. So there might be something in that one. They're keeping that well, well secret. Like they're not giving away much from the second special. No, but it would be sobly disappointing if they didn't include stuff from the classic era in it. Yeah. Because I feel like I know the Toy Maker is coming back. I know that's one era of Doctor Who kind of sorted and solved. 
But I feel like it would be solely disappointing if they didn't at some point do a flashback to the classic heroes to see all the doctors. Yeah. Maybe I, they I... would do a maybe they'll maybe we'll be in luck and maybe they'll do a flashback to the first to the doctor first meeting the Toymaker. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Right. There are we know there's three important dates. So the first obviously is the the BBC um iPlayer with Doctor Who and then they've got I think the 17th, which is Children in Need, and then the 23rd, and all those dates Doctor Who's not going to be on. So yes. I wonder if Children in Need will maybe possibly be a um a, a kind of sketch and maybe what the 40th Doctor's happened after the regeneration, kind because of what they've we, done with the ninth Doctor. Because we know that Doctor Who do Children in Need pretty much every year. They always put out some sort of skit. So my reckoning is they'll probably do some sort of skit with the 14th Doctor, I would have thought. Yeah. Like they did with Comic Belief this year. Yeah, that was that was good. Yeah, when Lenny Henry regenerated into David okay. Denham. Oh, speaking of that whole... We know about that timeless Charles storyline. How do we all feel about it being retconned? Hmm. I don't know. I, mean... I, I wouldn't mind, but I know it's going to upset certain fan bases and that, but I think... I'm okay whatever way they go with it. I'm bit Yeah, but Russell T. Davis himself has retconned the timeless child stuff. He actually retconned it himself. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I'd say I feel no different to it. So if he wants to do that, that's down to him at the end of the day. Because I think he didn't like originally what Chipnell did, so he's kind of gone back and pretended that never happened, which makes me and probably a bunch of other Doctor Who fans very happy about Ross yeah. Davis. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, because, because talking about the Timeless Shard, I wasn't, when I first watched Series 12, I wasn't particularly happy about. The final wasn't particularly happy about the doctor being the one that made the time loops. Mm. And for all we know at the time, that came out of the master's mouth. So all for we know, he could be the timeless child. Well, yeah, I think I think other people still believe that that it's the master because it all came out of his mouth. Yeah, mm. if the, the and we know the know. master cannot be trusted. So do we all think? Or are we all on the same page that we believe that the master is the timeless child and it's not the doctor, it's the other way around? Yeah, I think it it's might the be the master, way. yeah. That's most likely to yeah. me as well. And um, it was, yeah, it's something I don't like talking about the timeless child business, so, yeah. Yeah, but I thought as we were all talking about Doctor Who, I thought it'd be brief mentioning yeah. The Chipnall, how Chipnall almost ruined Doctor Who. Yeah. The number of websites I read, you know, after that episode aired, yeah, my God. The, I think most people would be more the timeless child. No. No. Yeah. No, Speaking no. about um how Chipnall ruined things, how do we think, how do we feel about him ruining the Weeping Angels by actually using that fan theory that Weeping Angels are fallen Time Lords in the village of the angels in Doctor Who flux. Oh, I didn't hear. I didn't hear that. Well, I mean, either actually, that's the first time I've heard of it. Yeah. Like... At the end of the village of the angels, the Doctor turns into a weeping angel, and Chitnall used that fan theory. 
know what? If that was a series finale, that would have been one of the best series finales ever. But because though that particular finale was used in the middle, it kind of ruined it when it got to the next episode. To me, but did it also ruin the Weeping Angels as well? Because it made the Weeping Angels less scary, knowing that they were fallen time lords, and that Chipnall took that theory and oh, turned it into a real one. Well, for me, I felt like the Weeping Angels started to get a little bit weak during the Matt Smith era when the Angels had their first two-part, which I knew that Moffat would put them into a two-part because of the success of Blink. But because the crack in time overshadowed that particular thing over the Angels, it didn't make the Angels that important. So to me, I think the Angels have been weak since that two-part of Flesh and Stone or... Agreed. The, I feel yeah. like Flesh and Stone and that, like, the Time of Angels and Flesh and Stone are two really good, solid episodes. It's just, with the whole overarching thing of the whole crack in the wall, kind of made them a little bit more weaker than I would have liked. Yeah, that's the thing. This is one of the disadvantages with having an overarching story. That If you have, like, a really top-tier villain, you then fall in the middle of it, it could turn that top tier villain into an absolute joke. Yeah. And I felt like yeah. it did turn the angels into a bit of a joke on that one. So, but yeah, yeah, I still like the angels to a point. I can understand why people love them, but for me, they're not my favorite villain. So, he also changed, like, when he took over Showrunner, I knew his work was going to be good. But first of all, A, I hated. The multicolored, heavy tubby looking Daleks he did in Victory of Daleks. Ah, <laughs> some people called it the Power Rangers Daleks in that one. Yes, I'm calling them. I'm calling them Telly Tubby Daleks. Uh, I remember watching a video online where someone has actually put in the My Morphin Power Rangers theme song. All those Daleks coming out the thing, and I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I mean, but it's I was, it's funny when the Prime Minister got shot. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah Yeah, Yeah. but i just didn't like how moffat decided to go i know there was a reason for it because of matt smith and karen gillen's height they had to change the height of the daleks just a tad but i am not happy about the way they did it yeah if they were going to do it they they could have kept the gold daleks just made the gold daleks a little bit more higher I wasn't particularly happy with how they choose to do it with the multicolored Dalek. I think that downgraded their scariness for me personally. Yeah. Mm. I think we could go on about that all the time. So I think we should carry on talking about what's exciting that we're looking forward to coming up with the. Yes, yeah. agreed. Yeah. So for me personally, for the 60th anniversary, I've only seen the trailer once and. I think once is enough because I'm a bit worried though if I watch it many more times, the mm. buzz will will be gone. But yeah. how they're actually gonna go ahead with it and what ideas are gonna come out. I watched the trailer twice, once because I watched it on the TV, twice because I had to take photos for my YouTube video for the trailer breakdown and also for mm-hmm. the trailer reaction too. So I watched it about three times, but the two times were for YouTube purposes and YouTube purposes only. But 
But I did like the trailer. I'm looking forward to seeing the Rough Warriors, and I'm also looking forward to seeing Meet the Beep, which I think is adorable, by the way. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. I think that's a copy of uh, Baby Yoda, but I think it's a nice little homage as well to me as well because all shows sort of copy elements when it comes. I just want a teddy of it. Yeah, that would be a good teddy. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mm. think. I know Doctor Who has done their version of Chewbacca by introducing Carbon Easter in Flux, which we are now all yeah. calling a Whobacca. They've basically copied Chewbacca out of Star Wars, but now we're also getting our own version. Um, of Baby Yoda. Yeah, we're getting our own version of Baby Yoda, which is Meek the Beak. So I feel like. Doctor Who might be crossing over into other franchises just in a very subtle way. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that because I think yeah, it's it's just paying respect to each other in a way. I think some people will take it the wrong way, but to me it's more respectful to the other shows that are out. Yeah, I mean, I know some people are taking it the wrong way, but I agree with you, Barry, about the whole they're, t- they're putting a little bit of everything into Doctor Who now. I mean, we had our own Hubaka, now we've got our own version of Baby Yoda, Meet the Beak. So I mm. definitely think about crossovers, though, with Doctor Who. I know they've done it in the Sarah Jane Adventures. They never did it with Torchwood, apart from, like, bits of Torchwood in Journey's End and the Sto- in Sword and Earth and Journey's End. But you do know there was once going to be a Harry Potter crossover. No. Well, I've, I've I've heard bits about it, but I've never followed it up on it. But yeah, I've heard some stuff about Harry Potter crossovers. Plus, I've heard this. I I I I think with crossovers, I think, I mean, it'd be best just to keep it. I think Doctor Who on its own rather than a Harry crossover. A Harry Potter Doctor Who crossover would be awesome because the magic world is very very similar yeah. to the Doctor Who world because of those tents the wizards had bigger on the inside um tardis bigger on the inside you know there are some very very similarities in harry potter toot and doctor as well like tardis and wizard tents bigger on the inside ones sonics time turners traveling back in time the tardis can do that we have seen a doctor crossover with the lego dimensions video game and i'll be honest with you i really enjoyed the hell out we, we had one with Sherlock once. Yes, we did. Yeah, I've did. seen that on YouTube. That was that was um. That's funny. That was. We also had one with the guy who does the science thing. Um, who is he? The guy I that thought... appeared in in Doctor Who a couple of times with the cubes. Oh, Professor Brian Cox. Yes, that's the one. He yeah. he's oh. also um he's also he also did. A um, he also he commented that the TARDIS was easy to um work, and then he kind of commented that the power of the 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 black hole that the Doctor had in it would blast the TARDIS, but obviously the TARDIS can take the energy. Mm-hmm. He kept trying to deny everything. Very true. Mm. Very true. But I've seen that on YouTube. That was a Children in Need special. Special. Professor Brian Cox at the time. Yeah, I wonder what we're getting for children need this year. And and also on the twenty third, something's happening on the twenty third. So 
Potentially, that's yes. where we might get a multi-doctor kind of story if they don't have all the doctors appearing in the specials. So yeah, maybe maybe because Russell T Davis has mentioned that the tw- the specials don't air on the twenty third, most likely the weekend. But, but um, I feel like he's gonna drop something big on the actual sixtieth birthday of Doctor Who. Mm. Yeah, maybe like a mini episode or something. That um, would be cool if he did. Yeah. Just like really unannounced, just drop it on the on the actual day. Mm. Yeah, because um, I feel like the air dates. I feel like if I'm right, and I'm just gonna check my calendar here because I've got a slight suspicion. Um, the specials are probably going to air the tenth, the for the eleventh, eighteenth, and twenty fifth of November. So over a course of three weeks, I would have thought. Yeah. Potentially, um, yeah, I think those could well be those dates because this is Dr. Donna Murphy happening on the fourth, yes, yeah, and then I think this it's not, um, this is a new game show with Alan Carr. I think I heard that finishes that's on the fourth, yeah. The next version yeah. of Doctor Who magazine in, um, is actually similar to the one that what, like the Power of Doctor Who get a poster with it, and the next one you'll get a poster with it. Um, so that that would possibly be the date, mm. um, potentially. Um, last few things, guys. I wanted to ask because we know that we've got a subwave network on Instagram like channel. Do mm-hmm. we think the subwave network? It's just for this promotion, or do we actually think the Subway Network will be integrated in the 60th anniversary special? Oh, I think that's got. I think that will be kind of integrated into the 60th, but also the next series too. I don't mm. think that's just. I don't think that's just a thing for this particular promotion. Okay, I think it will carry beyond the 60th anniversary. So yeah, I'm with BB on that one. Yeah. Yeah, all agree. All agree there. Um, and the last question is, which will actually get used in a in a video after the 60th anniversary as well? Because uh, I'll I'll ask you in reverse order from the from where you introduce yourselves. So the question is, uh, for you first, Peter, is there something in the 60th anniversary that you want to see happen, or maybe a person uh, that hasn't been announced to be in the 60th? What do you kind of want there? Oh, I'm possibly. All the doctors and components that we've that we've still got with us now. Okay. Yeah, like um, oh, like Fraser Hines. Um, I think. You haven't seen for a while since they left. Some of the older ones. I know we had Tegan and Ace. I know we've got uh, Mel coming back next yeah, year. Mel would confirmed, yeah. That has been confirmed by the BBC. Yeah, yeah. Mel, Mel would make sense to be in the 60th. It looks like she's part of unit. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, thanks, Peter. Um Barry, what about you? And maybe Sergeant Benton. Yeah. Yeah. She hasn't seen him for what 40 odd 40 odd years. Give or one. take, yeah. 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 Well, uh, what about you, Barry? Oh, that's a really, really good question. For me, I'll take anything really. I'll take anything really because I'd rather not have any expectations. Because if I expect something to actually happen, and it actually happens, I get a little bit let down by it. So I'll, I just want there to be 
just a huge surprise. I just want to be amazed. That's my view with the 60th anniversary. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, for me, I don't know quite know what to expect, but I would like to see Martha return, maybe like working at Unit again. I know she went freelance with Mickey, but the chances of seeing Mickey are very slim these days, especially uh, after yeah. what happened. Yeah. Especially yeah. what we're not going to get into that, but we all we all know what No Clark has did. Yeah. But um. Yeah. It would be nice to see another companion support group, maybe with Martha this time, and you know, at the end, talking about past adventures that they did. I think maybe another companion support group towards the end. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with that because I think that was one of the highlights of the power of the Doctor. Seeing the old companions or old Doctors, I think to me that was the highlight of that. Yeah, but Martha wasn't there, so I feel like maybe another mm. companion support group with Martha, and then maybe if Donna has, if Donna doesn't die, maybe have Donna as part of that companion yeah. support group yeah. meeting, yeah. Yeah. meeting all the Doctor's past companions, because I know Rose wasn't there, she's trapped in parallel universe, but she would have been very kind of upset to know that she wasn't the only one. That yeah. travelled with the doctor. That mm. she found that out in obviously school reunion, but I feel like she would have been even more disappointed to find out that she was just one of many other companions. Mm. Yeah, I, I I think the power doctor was more like like it celebrated classically a lot. I think with all the doctors coming back and the companions. Definitely, definitely. I feel like if they do another companion support group, they've got to include people like Martha and. Donna, if she survives this time, you know, talking about past yeah. adventures with the Doctor, kind of, basically, in other words, I'm going to call, I'm calling it the Doctor support group, about, talking about kind of which incarnations of the Doctor they were travelling with and which adventures oh, they went on. Yeah, I, I would like a longer time period with them as well, like, have a maybe longer, because yeah. we, we didn't I get I can't forget Ian's face when Yaz said, Woman, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't even get Ian's face, so I think it would be nice to have maybe the doctor kind of see the support group so they can see the next incarnation of yeah, the doctor. Definitely, because like, the doctor doesn't get to check in with companions very much, so I think it would be nice to maybe have the doctor share some of the experiences the doctor was with the their companions. I think it would be. It would be nice to include Nissa because we know from the twentieth season twenty trailer that Nissa is now back. Yeah, it 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 would be nice oh, to no. have it. It would be nice to have a, a kind of a reunion, kind of journey's end vibe, stolen earth, where you have the, all those yeah. people there, oh, but we more. know from the season twenty kind of pack that Nissa is back now. So it would be mm. nice to have Tegan and Nissa kind of be back together again, and maybe even and I'm. I, I hope I'm not hoping too much on this, but I kind of want to see them have their own spin-off. That'd be good. Yeah, you could, yeah. Just a, just a spin-off of how they are now, living together and defending the Earth. That's all I ask for. Yeah. All you ask for. You know, if people want to believe, yeah, that Disney will actually help out with the money side of things and they like to do multiverses. Yeah. I reckon that Speaking could actually of- happen. Speaking of spin-offs, I would also like Martha to get her own spin-off. Like, yes. That would be another yes. good series. Like yeah. called 
Martha Jones, Defender of the Earth. I would like to see that. I would like to see a spin-off of Martha with River Song, maybe. I think Martha would be keen to do that. Or like Freema would definitely Freema. be keen. Yeah. yeah. Also, I feel like if you if we're gonna get a River Song spin-off, I feel like it would work with Martha because like she could go around visiting all the Doctor's past companions. I don't think they've met. I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't think they've met. No, River and Martha and River have never met. But I feel like if we, if they had, if they did a River Song spin-off, it would work having Martha in with it, sort of a Martha and River spin-off. I think that would be really cool because I think they'd make that a pretty badass be. team. That mm. would be cool. Um, so with the um intros, like like from when we got the the names announced, we got the series four kind of um uh, vortex and that. Do we think um when the intros come, when when the specials air, do we think we get a multiple different versions of different uh, intros from the past, or do do you think we're just see that series four vortex? Oh, you cut us on a really I'd good like multi ones, like just multi ones, and then. Mix it in with the present. Like, yeah. The first one, make it a longer intro for that first one. And then once you get into series 14 and that, have it. I agree. I, I, I agree with Barry on that subject. Yeah. I think, didn't they say that the series 14, they're going to have different um intros like every week, like different. I hope so. It That'd would be definitely nice. add depth to I the episode. That's what I heard because. It's just a rumor. Don't listen to rumors until the BBC have officially oh, yeah. announced it. So now, yeah, that would be different. The first part of Series Seven, they changed them slightly. The yeah, seven... you know what I think, though. Personally, I think when we get the opening titles, I hope they go back to like the John Pertwee, Tom Baker, Peter Davison, Colin, Colin Baker, and Sylvester McCoy. Not Sylvester McCoy, but kind of the eras where. The faces of the doctors were in the opening credits oh, yes. before you get to the story title. Please, please have that again. Yes, because the last one we had was um, what's it was Colin Baker because McCoy got the spinning Tardis, yeah. thing. You never he got the whole kind of yellow light and then spinning Tardis thing. You, you... Yeah. Okay, and I do have a final question for you all before we end this podcast. Out of all of the intros we have all seen, we're all familiar with classic Doctor Who. Who whose opening credits from classic and modern series is your favourite? Mine is Peter Davison Starfield. I thought that was really cool because it felt like you're doing a science fiction or out of world experience. And also, the black and white actually helped that title sequence to make it more. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like Colin Baker's and Peter Capaldi's because they're something very similar. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I love Peter Davidson's Starfield, but I also love um, David Tennant. Yeah, I do like I, I, credit I, opening credits too. I like David Tennant. It's just, it's just because they're very similar. I know, obviously, the face and the non-face, but Peter Davison's and David Tennant's ink opening sequences are very similar with the whole 
vortex thing. I like I like the I like the way it looks for David Tennant, like the vortex. But I do prefer the music with um Matt Smith series five. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I Absolutely one hundred percent. And I like the piano addition to the movie Paul McGann. So yeah. I like oh, yes. that. They've included that into the new intro music. Yeah, I don't know absolutely, one hundred percent. But we know that movie didn't end well. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, unfortunately, because it had to all stop. But yeah, we all like all, all those intros. But but yeah, um, but uh, does anyone else want to say anything before we finish? Because uh, I don't know if you heard, but there's this documentary coming out on the first of November. That David yes, Tennant's I doing. heard about that with David Tennant. Um, Walking us through the years of classic Doctor Who, there's going to be interviews from Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, and Tom Baker, and then the actors who play the Doctors in the audio stories from the ones that passed away. That's okay. Awesome. Oh, yes, yeah, so there's some rare interviews, like from like. Yes, he's going to be. Pertwee. He, he's going to be He's going to be interviewing his own father-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew Georgenton make make makes an appearance. Yes, it's called Do- Talking uh, Doctor Who. It's on BBC Four at half past seven on the first of November. Yes, yes, that was announced by the BBC officially. That will be coming out. So I'm really yep. looking forward to seeing that. And I'm going to sit downstairs. Yep. And I'm going to watch it, and I don't, don't care if I have to make my whole family watch it. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 you have to, you have to remind me to watch it. I will do. I'll, I'll either, I'll either message the group about it so we all, all remind right. each other. Or yeah, yeah. I, I asked my mum if she wants to watch it, and she, 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 she might. I asked my uncle and aunt today if they wanted to watch it, and they were like a bit umming and ahhing about it. They're like, mm. yeah. I never ever try and force any of my family unless they say to me, hey, Barry, there's a show or whatever's on, and I'll be like, yeah, that's cool, then we'll get that to watch it. Because I never like to force people to watch certain things. Yeah. I'm trying to get get my uncle and aunt to watch it, but they keep, they keep, I'm being ahhing. I mean, my cousin's already like, she wants to watch it anyway because she knows how much I love Doctor Who. But my aunt and uncle are like, do we really have to? I mean, can't you just watch it on your on iPlayer? I'm like, do you realize there's no BBC Four on iPlayer? Mm. Right, I not know that. It's a shame, isn't it? It's a shame. That's why I'm trying to get them to let me watch it on their TV because there's no BBC Four on iPlayer. It's just like, do I really have? Do you? I can't just watch it upstairs. There's no BBC Four on iPlayer. Please, mm. I'm like. I'm now starting to plead with them. Please, please, please. I'll, I'll even like do chores around if if it helps make me watch it. Yeah, definitely. Fair play, fair play. Um, yeah. yeah, but but yeah, we, let's uh, stop it. That's a good place to stop. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, we could talk for much longer. <laughs> um, we won't know how to stop. But thank you, Peter, Barry, and Phoebe for for joining. Um, Doctor and Autism celebrations, and thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. And Bye. Mason will make Bye, sure yeah. he links my YouTube channel in the description so you guys can yeah. all go click over there. I definitely will. Thanks, guys. Mm.